0: Today's Unseminary Resource is brought to you by Aware3. At Aware3, their goal is to help your church build connections using mobile technology. They help you extend church beyond Sunday mornings by putting it in the palm of everyone's hand. Learn more about how a custom mobile app can help you improve engagement, communication, and generosity at www.aware3.com. Well, hey everybody, happy Thursday. My name's Rich, uh, the host here at right Unseminary. I am so glad that you've decided to listen in. Uh, today we've got a real treat for you. Uh, we've got Mark Hessel on the phone uh, from Traders Point Christian Church. Now, I actually think this is the oldest church th- uh, that I've ever interviewed on the church. 1834 was the founding... 18- That's incredible. That's uh, it's been around for that staying power, if nothing else. Um, But, you know, it's not only a historic church, but making all kinds of, um, you know, impact today. Uh, There are uh, two, three campus locations. Uh, Mark is a part of uh, the leadership team there. Uh, So glad to have And I just called you Mark. I can't believe I did that. Uh, (laughs) Matt, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. (laughs)
2: I was gonna let it go, man. It's all right. Well,
0: you can't do that. But I'm, I'm glad you're here. Nah, it's all right. now, why don't you tell us about uh, tell us about Trader's Point? Tell us about the church.
2: Yeah, it's man. I'm, I'm obviously very biased, but it's a blessing to be here. Like you said, it is an old church, 1834. I, I like to walk through guests with and say, uh, "Hey, Andrew Jackson was president when our church was founded." <laughs> oh, that's which, a good data which, point. Which is just nuts to think <laughs> about. Uh, and wow. what's cool about it is I think what we've done really well is just pass the baton generation after generation after generation. So right now we are standing on the previous generation of leaders, standing on their shoulders and what they built, and we're just getting after it. We've grown quite a bit in the last eight or nine years. We were about uh, 12, 1,300, Mm -hmm. um, 2007, 2008-ish, and have really jumped up – plus 6,000 in, wow, in the wow. last eight years. Getting ready to launch our third campus, downtown Indianapolis. So there's
0: a lot going on right now. Nice, yeah. people love Indy, right? Indy's such a great place. Indy's a great city, nice. great city. Now, what has, what's kind of God used in that process, so that's a super complex question, but what's God used uh, in that process to see growth over these last years? What kind of was the inflection point?
2: Man, I don't know. I think we, we were coming off the tenure of a, uh, our previous senior pastor. He was here for about 25 years, yep. served faithfully. It was time for him to, to step down. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Mm. It was just time for him to retire. What's mm. great is he's now still in the church, just serving in as a member.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Uh,
2: and our new lead pastor came on in 2007, and just his leadership, his wisdom, his gift of preaching, has just kind of taken us to a new level. Uh, we don't have a growth strategy of how we're how we gonna get more people to come to the church. All we we'll just follow Jesus. He says, hey, if you lift up my name, I'll draw all men to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's what we try to do every single weekend, and just watch him work.
0: Huh. Well, I can imagine, um, you know, as you've seen that growth scale and seen so many people come um, and the changes that have taken place there. um, Now, I'm sure everything is just always perfect at Trader's Point, that there's never any conflict that. But there's never any problems. Obviously, say that tongue in cheek. Anybody that's been a part of, uh, you know, a growing church knows that conflict, frankly, is just a piece of the equation. It's a kind of a part of what happens. Um, I wonder if, you know, how have, what have you experienced on that front as you've led both staff and volunteers at the church?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Conflict is inevitable. And sometimes we have this perception that, hey, uh, I need to avoid conflict. If mm-hmm. that's the case, you don't need to be in leadership. Right. right. Conflict is actually one of those things I- in a healthy context. It can be the sandpaper that smooths some things out and gets you to mm-hmm. a better spot. So mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, I think we talk about how do I lead through something, lead through a, con- a conflict or change. But I think as leaders we've got to be really uh, cognizant and intentional about leading people not just through something but, but to something. That that's the that's the the goal. Uh, it's easy to just say, "Hey, here's the change. Any conflict that comes with it, this is what we're gon- we're gonna do. You can like it or, or leave it, but." What you can do then is lose leaders. You can lose people that have been with you for a while that may not like the de- direction you're going, may not like some of the changes. Maybe you're getting rid of a program that, that was very dear to them. That's okay to have those kind of emotions, but we want to actually reposition them and, and tell them here's the why to what we're doing. We don't want to lead out with just tactics. Mm-hmm. tactics. Tactics are extremely important, but leading people to the why, letting them see where we're going is huge. Mm. Then with conflict –
0: Can you give us a sense of – before we jump on, um, give me an example of how you've done that at the church, kind of led with the why. How have you articulated that? You know, maybe give an example of like this was some conflict that, or potential conflict, um, and then this is how you led with the why.
2: Yeah, absolutely, dripping why all the time. So, Mm. vision and why should not be one should not be a sermon that comes up one time a year from the (laughs) pulpit and that's it. You're going to do those, but it's got to be dripped all the time. It's got to be dripped from the pulpit. It's got to be dripped from announcements. It's got to be in your groups. It's got to be in the volunteer culture. It's always being translated Mm. down to everyone into the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, one particular change that we've made in the last two years was some of our strategic partners globally around the world. We, we've been partnered with them for a long time, great things, but really wanted to go in a new direction based on new needs that we saw. Mm. Uh, and getting rid of or moving away from potential partners that people had been with for 10 or 15 years, oh something that God has called us to do. There can be some conflict.
0: Oh, I can't. Just you describing that, the, uh, the, my race pulses. Uh, you went to people and said you were able to navigate through that and actually say, hey, we're not going to support these missionaries. We're going to redirect that to, to a different area. How did you do that? Uh, very,
2: very carefully. Very That's carefully. Amazing. So first and foremost, we've got to tell them why we're doing it. Yep. What was what's going to happen? Um, why we still value the ones that they've been very connected to. So if you can't honor the past – be careful of going into the future with people oh, that's, that's- because somebody, some people are going to be so connected because, hey, they saw God move in incredible ways through this particular program or this partner. You've got to be able to honor that and not mm-hmm. not let them think that you're just saying, hey, this wasn't valid. Mm-hmm. So honoring what the past uh, was and what God did through the past, but then letting them see here's the future, here's what God's calling us to next mm-hmm. is crucial. And then there's there's steps that go, go throughout the way, but letting them see the vision and honoring the past vital.
0: Hmm, very, cool, very, very cool. cool. Well, what else as you, you know, kind of thought through that? Let's say you know people have, have bubbled along you know, for a little bit. Um, you know, what else have you learned as you've tried to uh, you know lead through all the change that you've gone through at Trader's Point?
2: Yeah, I think there's two things with conflict or change. There's mm-hmm. there's one is that we think that conflict or change, we have to respond to it and be ready in the moment, and there's certainly that. But more importantly, as a leader, I think we 've got to be prepared for conflict in advance, so being proactive, mm. not just mm. responsive so on the reactive side, there's a couple of things that are just this should be common sense one would be don't don't match emotion with emotion. Mm. when people get upset with things don 't match their emotion, mm. like listen to them um, i've found that a lot of times people uh, once they feel like they 've been listened to, then they 're willing to listen right uh, that's that's huge. We had, I had a, a couple in our church about six months ago that they've been leaders in our church for a while. They were upset with a particular change. They didn't understand the philosophy, and they were, they, were, they were pretty tense about it. They wanted to meet with me. I knew this was gonna be a pretty intense conversation. Didn't know exactly what was gonna happen. Three minutes in, I realized all they needed me to do was just sit there and listen to them for right. about thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And then after 30 minutes of listening to them and affirming what they were saying, I was able to easily just realign them, and Mm -hmm. now they're they're rolling. They're Mm -hmm. rolling. So just feeling like they've been listened to—huge. Yeah, this is
0: a huge deal. I want to underline that as as a leader. You know, over the years, as people have, you know, there are times where people, sometimes people bring their issues to bear and they there are certain things that they're upset about what's going on um in the church and and there are times where they're bringing more freight with it more emotional freight to the issue than the actual issue we're talking about and there's you know it connects to other things in their lives and um you know we can do them a disservice when we if they're ramping up to just ramp up with them you know we've got to stop slow down um, listen to where they're at um, and not and not just throw more wood on the fire for sure. <laughs>
2: and, and most of the time when you just listen to see what they're really yep. at, whatever they're upset about, that's not the real thing. There's nice. something deeper into it. Mm-hmm. If you listen, then you can get into the heart of things, what's, what's really bothering you. Then you can realign, then you can reposition someone and get them on board with, hey, here's the new vision, here's the new why and at the same time if that doesn't happen and they can't get on board that's that's okay too that's okay too but but we can prevent bitterness from setting in if mm-hmm. people are listened to and you get and you can get into the heart of whatever it is that they're really upset about mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, another interesting piece of this equation is, you know, I think sometimes we're, we can actually build a stronger community through conflict that, um, you know, I think there are, there can be leaders that are conflict avoidant that just are, you know, they just try to weasel away out, out of ever talking to people. And that actually undermines community, you know, in the long range. Can you think of a time or a relationship that you've maybe have walked through some conflict with them and actually come out the other end and it's been stronger because of it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can give one that was not, that I did a bad job with. Yeah. And then also on the opposite side. So, one thing I think you just nailed ahead uh, was that, hey, you can't just avoid conflict because that can actually make things far worse, not only mm-hmm. for them as an individual and the relationship you have with them, but for other people around them. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say it like this some conflict is unhealthy. Uh, Maybe it's cancerous. Mm -hmm. Don't let stage two cancer turn into stage four cancer as a leader Mm. by avoiding it. Because what that does is it's gonna hurt that person even more when you could have led them out of it. Mm. Two, once you get to that stage, it starts to hurt other people around them. So a person about a year ago, I was leading and uh, things had started to go awry. There was a bitterness and a heart issue. But my my approach to it was, hey, I'm just going to be really direct with them. I'm going to tell them, here are the growth. that Just here's the problems that I see. But then at the same time, I just want to encourage them to find things that I can affirm in them. Great stuff. But really what that was was she had stage 2 cancer, and my plan of attack was just to change her diet. Mm-hmm. It needed to be far more aggressive than that. Right. What happened was it didn't work and it turned to stage four cancer and then it started to affect all the teammates around her in a really, really negative way to the point where Man, I could have dealt with this six months earlier in a better way if I just would have been more intensive on, on this kind of conflict. At the same time, if you, do, if you do take that approach, I've got a guy right now in my life that we had, we had uh, we had to address some issues with him and he was in a leadership role. Uh, things things were not going in the right direction. I don't, I don't wanna give details, yep. but got real direct, got real um, real gracious, but with a lot of truth early on with him and man, the guy has just blossomed since. Now he's one of our one of one of a, one of our best group leaders. Uh, it's just walking with someone with the balance of grace and truth, and not walking away. If you want to, if you want to lead, you're going to have to get in the trenches, and the trenches get messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to be real about it too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just coaching a, a young leader recently that. Um, Leadership really is about taking responsibility and and taking ownership. And and a part of this is, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, firefighters running towards fire in the same way leaders, um, the leaders that I've respected in life, you you notice a pattern of them going after conflict, not, not running away from it, not shying away from it. They're actually leaning in and saying, why is it that this is bothering you or what is it about this that's, you know, rather than just, you know, dodging it for sure.
2: Absolutely. Really good leaders have really tough skin with scars on their skin, but they also have really, really soft hearts.
0: Oh, that's That's good. That's kind of Yeah, absolutely. That's very very good. Is there a particular area over the years as you've kind of noticed conflict in your church where you feel like there's some areas that are just prone for conflict that it just feels like this area is just, um, you know, it seems to be for whatever reason we can never get beyond it. It just seems to be a piece of the puzzle in that area.
2: Yeah, I would say in general, change yep. is gonna bring conflict. Yep. But then specific areas, I would say one would be worship is is a big one. Yep. Just because I think worship is by far the most subjective ministry within the church. Yep. Everybody's got an opinion, everybody's got a style, everybody's got their own philosophy. And mm-hmm. scripture just gives us a pretty wide range of go. I don't necessarily care about the model. Are you is your theology vertical in your worship? Are mm-hmm. you honoring the Lord? go from there. So that's one area that's been a constant tension point for us that we've had to navigate as best we can. I think we've done a good job with it, but that constantly brings some tension and conflict to the point where we just have to realize hey, this is never gonna be a problem that we solve, but a tension that we have to manage, and mm-hmm. just be prepared for it and be proactive with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Why don't you pull that apart a little bit more? A problem to be solved versus a tension to be managed. What's the difference between those two?
2: That's a great thing. So a problem to be solved is something that we can actually taken action on and it's done. It it shouldn't come up again. A tension that we're going to have to manage is something that we'll never ever see the end of it. It'll always be there, but we have to be proactive in addressing it and being able to respond to it. So with worship, that's going to be an area where there's always tension because there's so many subjective philosophies to it. A problem that we could solve would be, hey, a leader that's out out of place, they've stepped out of bounds, well, we're, we're not going to have to manage that tension. No, we need to end that problem right now. So can there be an end date to it? Can there be um, something that doesn't reoccur with it? That's a problem that need to be done. Attention to be managed is not necessarily something bad, something that can make us better. If, if we manage it well, it can sharpen us and push us to innovation and be better. Or if we don't manage it well, it can turn into problems and cause cancer.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So example might be, you know, within the service programming area, Sunday services, it's like, hey, attention to be managed is we are always, or a lot of churches would say, you know, we we, we want to both reach unchurched people, but then we also are trying to build up people who who follow Christ. And there's an inherent tension in those two. And we're probably never going to nail it. You know, we're going to, we're going to oscillate there. That's going to be, that's going to be tough. Like you say, you know, a problem to be solved is either a leader stepped out of line or like there's a problem with our facility. The lighting is too low. You can't people can't see when they walk around in the building that's a problem we can actually solve that's 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 within the realm of you know fixability
2: Absolutely. I, th- I think too, something that's helped us a lot with that is being able to come up to people and even say from the stage, our, our lead pastor said this, I've said this in preaching, uh-huh. hey, there's things that we do here that I don't even like, I don't <laughs> right. necessarily care. This is not my choice, but it's not about me. Right. So we always go, we, we like to say around here that the purpose is always more important than the preference. Mm. That, hey, you can have your preferences, but the purpose is far more important. So the right. purpose is glorify Christ. Mm-hmm. Let people come and, and meet him for the first time, and then grow in their faith that 's mm-hmm. what we 're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You can have your preference, but it 's not more important than the pr- than, than the purpose mm-hmm. and there 's things that I have preferences on that we don 't do here and, right. and right. that 's okay because it 's not about me nice. The people that have the largest voice that are, are that usually speak out about conflict that you hear the most um, are usually the smallest percentage of people too right. so don 't don 't be afraid of hey i 'm hearing these voices these people that are that are um, disagreeing or having a hard time with this, usually it's a very, very small percentage of people. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to a, a, a small few. There could be truth in what they're saying, but don't let that sway your emotion or the leadership that you – a vision that you're trying to take just because a few people might be out of shape – been out of shape about it.
0: Mm, very cool. Well, is there anything else you want to share about kind of conflict and how we can um, you know, resolve it before we move on with the rest of our episode?
2: Man, I would say being proactive with conflict is huge. And that's something that, that I think we bypass at times. And, and there's a couple different ways, I think, that you can build, uh, build yourself up and be proactive to be prepared for conflict. Number one would be just, have you built up equity in yourself as a leader? Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that, this is an original with me. A, a buddy of mine told me this years ago, and I don't know where he got it from. But I think there's three questions that every follower is asking of the people that are leading them. Mm-hmm. The three questions would be, can I trust him or mm-hmm. her? Um, do they care about me and mm-hmm. can they help me? Mm-hmm. If they can answer yes to all three of those questions, as a leader, those people will start to run through walls for you. Mm-hmm. So have you built up trust with them? Have I I've made enough deposits in someone's life that whenever I do have to make a withdrawal, that they're gonna listen because I trust Matt. I understand, I know that he's for me. Mm-hmm. I know that he can help me. He's built into me, he's developed me, he's supported me. And then he cares about me. The guy actually does care about me. So whenever he makes this change, if, if we're going in a different direction, if I don't understand something, well, I know that all three of those things are true. So I'm going to trust him and I'm going to listen to what he has to say. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to build in equity I think a lot of times we talk about criticism or change to help develop people and build them up. Well, if all we do is build uh, build people with criticism or change or coaching, that's like building a great ship, but it just sits in the harbor. Mm-hmm. Encouragement is the wind that goes in the sails and actually moves the ship. So it's, it's got to be a balance of both. So have you developed enough equity in yourself as a leader that at, at the point where you have to make a change or run into conflict you've got enough chips on your side of the table that you can cash them in and people will say you know what I trust that guy I know he loves me I know he cares about me I know he can know I know he can help me all right let's go even though I might not understand or agree with it a
1: following. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary.
0: Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the episode. Today, super honored to have Matt Hessel with us from Traders Point uh, Christian Church. Just a fantastic interview today. Uh, Matt, uh, what's an online resource that you're using that's helping you in your ministry?
2: I'm kind of boring, but I would say Evernote is huge for me. <laughs> nice. yeah. Just from an organizational standpoint, I'm a, I am ai like high-level thinking and vision. So Evernote is is the
0: thing that keeps me organized. And I need it. Nice. What's a book you've read in the last? I don't know, maybe six months to a year that's influencing your thinking or ministry. I think one of
2: the, there's there's quite a few. The one that's really impacted me in the last six months is a book called Leadership Pain by mm. Sam Chan.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, have you read the book? Yeah, it's great.
2: It's such a good book. It's yeah. basically the gist of the book is you uh,
0: you will only grow
2: in your leadership to the threshold of your pain. Yeah. Great,
0: phenomenal book. Absolutely. Yeah, we we uh, we read that, you know, as a leadership team and they're, it's so true. As a church grows, uh, that's not like a theoretical thing. It's it's true that they just, um, you know, pain is a part of leadership. It's a great book. It's, it's a great book for sure. What's another ministry that you're looking to that's kind of inspiring you that you're looking to and like, wow, they're doing some cool stuff?
2: There's multiple churches right now that are just, they're blowing my mind and inspiring. But there's one particular uh, global partner that we have. It's in uh, in the Middle East. I can't tell you the country or the name of the organization just for safety purposes. Yep. But this particular ministry has planted 15 churches in wow. a city of 5 million that is extremely, extremely hostile to the gospel. Uh, they have church members that get pulled out of their churches on a monthly basis and are literally Executed in the streets because of the gospel. I've seen the pictures of it, but the faith that they have is incredible. Now they're building a hospital in a city of five million that doesn't have a hospital. And basically they're doing it. To um, take care of the needs of the people that are persecuting them, that they're responding to persecution with grace and generosity. It's incredible.
0: Wow, that's wow. amazing. That's such a cool story. I love hearing that. And obviously, it's great to be exposed to global global leaders who are in those environments. That you know, it, it's humbling for us, right? It's humbling to say, yeah, well, I'm not sure I would lead in that environment. Oh, so I think it's
2: a gut check on your face.
0: Absolutely, for sure. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, uh, who would that want to be with, and why?
2: That's, that's such a great question, and there are too many leaders that I would want to talk to. But my gut, the first thing that comes into my head, politics aside, would be the President of the United States. Okay, nice, yeah. That's the, he is the leader of the free world, uh, mm-hmm. has more influence than anyone on the planet. Mm-hmm. I'm sure whoever the President is, regardless of politics, mm-hmm. they've got some good leadership lessons.
0: Absolutely, yes. for sure. Uh, well, I can imagine leading You know, is, takes a lot at Trader's Point, takes a lot out of you. Uh, what do you do for fun? We just want to kick back, relax, have you know, have some fun.
2: Man, that's so important is being able to have fun and kick back. You've got to be able to release pressure. Uh, I'm a sports guy, love nice. to watch and play sports, golf, football, basketball. You, you got me.
0: You got me. <laughs> nice. Well, Matt, I appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with the church, what's the best way for them to do that or with you?
2: Our website, www.tpcc.org. You can find my information on the website or just show up here at one of our locations on the weekend. Nice. Thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate being on the show today.
1: Hey, thanks, Rich.